Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Whilst it's a burgeoning sector here in Ireland, games design is not an industry that we often discuss from a business perspective. However, my next guest, Brenda Romero, along with her husband John, believes that Ireland has the potential to grow its reputation as a global force in the industry. Brenda, we'll be discussing why Romero Games decided to locate here in Ireland. But first, I'd like to find out about how you came to entering the digital gaming industry. Oh, goodness. It was, uh, it was when I was 15, actually. Um, I first got into the game industry, and I, I got the job that every kid would love, um, which is memorize games, and when people call and they have a question about them, you answer their questions. So I literally got paid to play games. Um, I'd always loved games. I loved programming. So for me, it was you know, better than a natural fit. It was kind of a dream job. Um, went to college, as you know, as many do. And when I graduated college, I ended up staying in the industry. And in fact, for the first company I worked for for a number of years, uh, and it just grew from there. I've, I've really never done anything else. And over the years that followed, both yourself and John developed significant reputations within the gaming industry. Tell us about your own achievements within the sector. First of all, I think if you stay working long enough at anything, uh, one would hope you'd get you'd get good at it. Um, and, you know, in my case, I've been making games for 39 years. And, you know, during that time, I, you know, I've certainly taken a few missteps, you know, swings and a miss. Um, but, yeah, I've also been fortunate. Uh, I would say probably the, the two awards of which I'm most proud would be uh, the BAFTA Award, which I got, got a few years ago, um, uh, largely just, I guess, you know, for my career in some um, non-digital games that I made. And then I also got a Grace Hopper Award um, here in Ireland, the inaugural Grace Hopper Award, which was presented to me um, by Science Foundation Ireland uh, at the Women in Tech Conference. And both of those meant a huge deal to me. Well done on those. Now, although it's mooted as a growing sector in Ireland, we are not a country that are renowned for its prowess in this particular area. So perhaps you could provide us with an overview of what is involved in designing a hit game. Oh, geez. If, that, if I knew the perfect answer to that, I'd be, I'd be thrilled. But <laughs> I think it's, it's a lot of trial and error, right? I think the first thing is, is that, is that you, um, you really have to create an experience that people would love to be a part of. The current game... Um, ours is set, it's uh, Empire of Sin, and it's set in Prohibition-era Chicago, you know, the times of Al Capone uh, and people like that. So, you know, that's a, an area that's really rich for development. There's other games like, say, Crusader Kings, and, you know, that whole series has you, well, as you can guess, being, you know, sort of uh, kings who crusade, um, and creating long family lines. So there's a whole variety uh, of, of experiences that people can say, like, you know what, I want to try that, I want to do that. When you talk to people who have worked on hit games, sometimes they'll say, yep, you know, we, we tried to make the best game that we could. We couldn't wait to play it. You know, my husband would say that about uh, about his game, Doom. And then you might talk to uh, Greg Kasavin, who is with Supergiant working on Hades, and he might say, um, you know, geez, we, you know, some of some, you know, some of the buzz about this game caught us by surprise. Uh, so it's really an inexact science. So as they say, it's more of an art than a science. Now, what attracted yourself and John to set up a base in Ireland? Well, you know, this is this is going to sound like a bit of a commercial, but because we love it, we absolutely love it here. Um, 
I came over uh, as a Fulbright um, uh, as a Fulbright specialist. A rec- you know, I won a Fulbright award. And the goal was to study the game industry. So we drove all over the place for about two and a half months. Uh, I put together a report, and the goal of the report was not to convince me to sell everything and move to Ireland, but that's precisely what happened. (laughs) Uh, Basically, we just loved the community here, and we wanted to be a part of it. And I I feel like people, you know, it's a a well-kept secret, um, maybe from some in the the tech industry, that Ireland is the... Uh, the world's second largest exporter of software. And that's punching way above its weight, you know? Um, so we just, we wanted to be a part of this. There's everything we need to make games here. And if you can make games from anywhere in the world right now, like why wouldn't you want to be in Galway? Why wouldn't you want to be in Ireland? I just, yeah, it's it's a fantastic place to be. And in fact, most companies that come from the US, they want to locate in Dublin or the greater Dublin area. So why did you settle on Galway as the ultimate home for Romero Games? Well, to to us, and, and certainly Dublin, you know, there's plenty of places that you could settle in Ireland that would be fantastic. Um, but we decided on Galway, I guess, for a couple reasons. One, uh, Dublin was big, you know. We 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 compared it sort of to San Francisco, but with an Irish accent. Um, and we would be competing with a lot of the same companies that we would compete with in San Francisco. Uh, and um, so, in, in housing costs and everything, it, it just felt it felt prohibitive. Uh, but Galway had the right mix of weird. Um, and the game industry is not a home. For normal people, really. Um, yeah, I mean, like everybody in the game industry is creative and funky, and Galway just felt like the, you know, the perfect capital for that uh, in Ireland, and um, and so it was just a great fit. You know, there's there are there's a very a great art scene here, a great music scene. Um, you know, there's a, a university with NUI Galway that has you know computer science course, creative writing course. Um, it, it was uh, a mix of everything we needed, um, uh, and we also, I guess we kind of cheated. We asked Irish people, which you know, we would be hiring people, right, from Ireland. So we asked a bunch of Irish people before we moved here, if you get to go on vacation anywhere, where do you want to go? And the answer was Galway, 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 Galway. Wow. Um, and so we figured we would go where Irish people would want to go. And our second favourite location, of course, is County Wexford. Now, typically, <laughs> what type of skills does a top game designer require? And were you able to access those skills locally there in Galway? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we have people all over the country, especially now, right? Um, but we haven't had uh, we haven't had a problem uh, bringing in people. There's, you know, thanks to the film industry, there are loads of artists in this country. Um, there are many, many programmers. Um, both in C-sharp uh, and C++, which are, I guess, the two languages most often used in the game industry. Um, with game designers, there are a number of courses in the country that produce, you know, great talent. In fact, um, Ian O'Neill, who's our principal combat designer, you know, he, he's, uh, he's originally from County Kildare, um, and uh, he's doing a fantastic job. So we've been fortunate. Yeah, we haven't had any problem uh, finding people at all. And Brenda, I know that Screen Ireland currently offers a tax credit scheme for the audiovisual sector, but if a decision was purely based on economic incentives, how do we compare to our European counterparts? Well, you know, it's not so great. Um, but but I hear that change is coming for that. Uh, the game industry, uh, it 
it's really at the middle of many different things. It's tech, but it's art, but it's music, but it's, you know, AV, it's, um, you know, it's animation, it's, it's, it's a lot of different things. It's writing. So it's really at the nexus of a lot of different artistic and technical fields. Many countries, you know, including the UK, France, they offer uh, incentives, uh, R&D incentives for video games. Recently, when they were talking uh, about the budget, I noticed that government was saying this is something that they, they plan to do or they're looking at doing. Um, and I, I read that with a sigh of relief. Because certainly when companies are looking where they're going to locate, that's absolutely a factor. And I imagine that it is quite a capital-intensive industry to be involved in. So how did you fund a business? Oh, my goodness. Well, it was kind of a direct torpedo to our bank account, I think is the best way to say it. <laughs> um, you know, we, it was something that we really, really wanted to do and we felt strongly about. So... Um, You know, we operated as conservatively as we could for uh, about a year and a half. Um, Then uh, we got our game picked up uh, by a publisher. So, uh, and you know, at that point in time, the the publisher uh, funds the development. But it was it was self-funded in the beginning. And tell me, for the benefit of our listeners, what's involved in your negotiations and engagement with a publisher to get them on board? Um. Well, you know, it's it's probably not a whole lot different than any company pitching to, you know, looking for investors, say. Uh, you know, they, they want to know uh, in games what's the hook, what's the look, and what's the experience. So um, by hook, I mean what is the unique thing about this game? If you walk in and say, I'm going to make something that's just like Call of Duty, well, they're already making Call of Duty, so why are you going to make it? Um, then they want to know, so, so what is the unique thing that you offer? And then what's the look? They want to hear about, you know, what's the camera angle? What does the player see? Um, what's the art style of the game? How does it compare to other games? And then they want to hear about the gameplay. Um, and with that, it's really the second-to-second gameplay. What are players doing um, that keeps them, keeps them engaged? So there are trade shows uh, for games like there are for pretty much anything, the one where we specifically pitched our most recent game was um, at Gamescom in Cologne. So it's about a half an hour, and you go through roughly 20 slides in that time, and you talk about the experience. Um, and either they like it or they don't. And, you know, fortunately in our case, they did. And there was a lot of negotiations back and forth. And do, you, do you think you could do this instead of that? And how would you feel about this thing? Uh, and ultimately it comes down to do you have the people um, – uh, do you have the people to make this game? And you know, can we can we make can we just get a look behind the curtain? And you know, we did. We had a you know a great team of people at that point in time. And, you know, just a few like Keith O'Connor, uh, Ronan Pierce, Chris Gregan, John O'Kane. You know, some fantastic uh, coders that were that were um, working together with us in, in the really early days. And uh, you know, and we also brought over Ian Dunbar from the U.S. So. We already had a great crew and you know, looking behind the scenes, you could see, yeah, these people can pull this off. And Brenda, if Ireland was serious about attracting international gaming companies to set up here and you had the ear of the Minister for Finance, what additional incentives do you think would drive the game design industry in Ireland? Well, I think at the very minimum, it's um, you know, equal tax uh, R&D uh, grants to, to countries that are you know, quite literally on our on our doorstep. So uh, when you're comparing the two things, uh, you know, whether you make the decision to go to the UK 
or you know, settle in Ireland, um, at least having that comparison, um, it, at least having it equal, I think, would be a tremendous benefit. Um, it, I, I would just say, like, that is a start. If, if we could get that, I would be thrilled. Okay. And in terms of Romero Games, what projects are you currently working on? Well, we're still working on Empire of Sin. Um, games, when they first come out, uh, you know, there's all kinds of feedback that comes in, things you got right, things you got wrong. So we're working on that. We're also uh, working toward uh, our first DLC, um, So, which is you know, just sort of, a, I guess, if you put it in book form, it's like you really enjoyed that book. How about a few more chapters? Um, you know, so that's, that's what we're working on now. Uh, and then, you know, there's all kinds of ideas in the background about what, what we might work on in the future, uh, but none of that's announced yet. And in terms of emerging trends within the sector itself, there has been a lot of talk about virtual reality and augmented reality over recent years, of course, with the likes of the Oculus Rift being used for gaming. It has been slow to take off, but is it going to hit a critical mass over the coming years in your estimation? Um, I don't know. You know, I think for games, probably not. Not this iteration. And I know loads of people would love it too. But, um, you know, the consoles are expensive in themselves. And then adding on the the extra layer of VR, um, you know, that's, that's a price point above you know, many people's heads, right? Uh, but I do think, I, well, I don't think, I know that it's finding a tremendous home in healthcare, uh, and in some aspects of education. So I would say that's where I see VR doing its most important work. With AR, um, you know, that's a whole other thing because AR is available on our phones um, now. So I can see that uh, I can see that being used in all kinds of different ways, from tourism to healthcare to education. Um, but, you know, I, I don't see it uh, as much in games. You know, I think we're going to stick here to the tried and true and where I see more experimentation happening is really, you know, in indie games. Like recently in Ireland, uh, Dreamfield released a game called If Found, and that's getting a load of buzz, um, you know, nationally and internationally. And has COVID impacted the business in terms of causing delays in the overall design process? Well, fortunately for us, not the design process, um, because the game was already well in development at that point in time. I think toward the end, uh, toward the end of the game, you know, there, I think it affected us that uh, I think it affected us probably in ways that we're still figuring out. You know, there's normally you would all be in an office together. You'd be, you know, people, you know, coming together to solve problems and working in, uh, oh, let me see, working with old communication methods, you know, like, this, well, what we would consider normal communication methods. Um, but this is a new situation with everybody at home. And so, you know, we're not in an office conversations might be missed they might not be brought up uh, you know it's it's easy to turn around and say to somebody hey what do you think about this but it's not necessarily so easy to say you know all right i'm going to call this person do they also have a controller at home um, so there's there's loads of stuff that's missed you know um on the same um, by the same token uh i think it also because we're we're all connected online it makes it easier just to reach out for some things to other people instead of you know, walking down a couple floors. Um, since we've just released, though, it's really hard for me to say how it may have impacted the game itself. Um, I do know that you know, we all we all really enjoy working together, um, and so many of us miss that ability to do that. 
for sure. Um, but we've, you know, with games, it, it's a unique industry. While I know that you know, tourism has been absolutely decimated, um, more people in their homes, you know, they're home on weekends. And what do they do when they're playing games? So, you know, sadly, uh, things like this usually tend to be a boon um, for video games. And Brenda, what are your future plans for Romero Games? Oh, well, the future plans is you know, we, we obviously we plan to stay in Galway, that's for sure. Um, we are hoping to grow in Galway. Um, we, we have, uh, we're hoping to even branch out into other areas of games, but I, I can't talk about that too much yet, but that would involve more jobs. I mean, the, for us, the nutshell is we plan to keep making games. We plan to keep making games in Galway. I, I can't imagine doing anything else. And finally, Brenda, does Ireland, in your opinion, have the potential to develop into an industry hub and attract more international designers to our shores? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that I don't have any doubt about. In fact, just in the time we've been here, um, the industry has gained lots of new players. And uh, I mean, maybe maybe people, um, sometimes I think people aren't aware of just heavy hitters that are here in Ireland, like, you know, Demonware and Havoc or Keywords, you know, those are major international companies um, and, and, you know, who work on, you know, geez, loads of, of you know, critical games. Um, so, you know, we're already punching above our weight and I expect, uh, I expect the game industry in Ireland to, to continue to grow. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Brenda Romero from Romero Games. And I would like to wish Brenda and John every success in growing their business in Galway. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.